Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe Martino, and this is The Joe Martino Show. Today, we're going to talk about what we can learn about ourselves from our interactions with other people that don't go well. Also, Tim from Grand Rapids writes in to let me know that he thinks I was a little unfair to uh, a guy that I talked about in my last episode. To which part of me, the one with the dry sense of humor and a little bit of snark, is tempted to say, Tim, fair is a place where you pay people to pet pigs. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, we're going to do take two of this recording. I've done it once, actually did the whole thing. I was like, eh, I don't really like that, so we're going to redo it. Tim from Grand Rapids write in, writes in, and he takes me to task for saying that I thought a guy last week wasn't a very good person in his behaviors. I won't read you his email, uh, but essentially what he said was is I was pretty hard in the episode where I talk about uh, the guy who didn't give any, wasn't giving any money to his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife and kids uh, in this time. Um, he wasn't giving them any extra money, uh, even though she couldn't work and he could. And essentially what he said was, you don't know the story, which I admitted last week. I said, I don't know his side of the story. And he said, for all you know, the wife could be bad at spending money, which is not actually true because I do know the people, Tim. You can't ignore that part. Um, you are right. I was strong with him. I, I was actually, uh, I did listen to that episode and I thought I could, uh, of some ways that I could have used wording that was different. I could have used phraseology that was different last week, certainly. Uh, whenever you say someone's not a good person in their behaviors, you could you could change that sentence to you know you're not utilizing good behaviors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so Tim, I appreciate you writing in. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you letting me know that you disagree. I would still maintain that in a situation like this, the the higher road is the better road always, and everybody believes that until it's about money. I I rarely get pushed back on that until we're talking about money. Then I get pushed back. One of the things that I always want to be clear on, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this in a previous episode, I have no problem with things that are being said that are hurtful. I don't... Well, I had to say something to one of my kids one time. She was like, that's really hurtful. I'm like, I imagine that it is, but you need to hear it. I'm not bothered by hurtful things. Harmful things would be a different story. There are things that need to be said, and and they are hurtful to hear. They're hurtful. They're painful. And yet, they help us get healthy. Harmful things are things that are just said in order to be hurtful. There isn't health to them. They actually actually slow our growth. They uh, push our growth back. They retard our growth. They atrophy our growth. They don't help us get healthier. That is a rub that we need to look at. But, but hearing and, and having hurtful things said to us is necessary. And quite frankly, I feel like that guy needs to hear some hurtful things that are important for him to embrace. And really consider what he's doing, which is a good segue to what I want to talk about today, uh, which is why I chose your email, Tim. By the way, as a uh, aside there, Tim, if you want to hide your email name, you should do something that doesn't have your real full name in your email and your website. A little bit of, like, anonymity 101 there. 
So I'm just kidding. I'm having fun. Hopefully you laughed at that. Uh, you did say in your email that you've been listening for a long time, so I'm hoping that you uh, enjoy my sense of humor, which I know not everyone does. All right, I do want to talk about this. You know, I don't want to talk about COVID-19. I don't want to talk about the coronavirus. I don't want to talk about all the different things associated with it. I just moved over to Facebook for a second to check something out, and sure enough, the very first post that came up was a person just randomly telling, you know, it's this passive-aggressive to whoever's not doing this, start doing it, or whatever. And and I'm just sick of it. I know this virus is controlling our lives. I know this virus uh, and the political responses or, or whatever term you want to put in there, the, the, the edicts from our leadership is controlling our lives. And, and there are people that are home. And I want to talk about that. But I don't want to talk about it like maybe we have been. And, and that's fine. We're certainly going to have a number of weeks here. I want to be able to come back to that. But one of the things that I want to talk about is how does this relate to us living uh, up to who we could be? One of the one of the worst experiences I believe that we can go through is this process where you meet someone and you realize that they're not what they could be. They're not as developed. They haven't put as much time into developing themselves as they could have. They've not lived up to their potential, and it's clear. I, I think that might get a little bit worse when we realize that the, the they who hasn't lived up to their potential is actually me and us, right? And so one of the things is, as we look at our time spent in this lockdown and quarantine, and I know that, you know, some of my friends, they're still going to work. Uh, some of my listeners are still going to work. We're still going to work. I actually feel busier now than I did before all this started. I think because there's a lot more moving pieces that we have to have in the air uh, that, that we've got to be aware of. But but as you look at this, we, you know, some things to consider. There are some things that I'm hearing that are bothering me. People who are flipping out over being stuck, air quotes, at home with their kids. And they act like their kids are as almost like they're some sort of alien visitor that came to visit them and they don't know how their kid became the person that they are. And I'll be honest with you, that really bugs me. I don't talk a whole lot about this with people, but it really bugs me because you're the number one influencer of your kids. And and one of the things that really upsets people is we can draw direct lines from certain parenting styles to certain behaviors in kids. It's not a question, conjecture, guess. We know it. It's fact. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, but not just parenting. I want us to think about our reactions, our interactions in this time. And one of the things that we have to consider is how are we responding to what's going on around us? Because that will tell us what's going on inside of us. That's true in parenting and it's true in distress and fearful situations such as the current uh, coronavirus situation COVID virus situation. One of the things that, and I hammer this drum probably every week, but one of the things we have to lean into as a society is the ability to hold two things in tension. So we can believe that this situation is very serious and at the same time question the constitutionality of what our leadership is doing. We can believe that our governor did not do a very good job responding to the situation and that our president didn't as well. 
or the other side of that, that they both did a good job. Like you, you don't, it doesn't have to be oppositional. It can be the same. And so one of the things that I often like when we'll start with parenting, but we're going to talk about kind of this whole situation. One of the things we have to hold in tension is our kids can do something wrong and we should still hold ourselves to the highest standards of behavior possible. So one of the things when I'm working with parents in, in how to move through their parenting, I, I ask them, what was going on inside of you? Tell me what was going on inside of you. Look at your behavior as though what was going on inside of you. One of, one of my favorite uh, techniques is to say, I want you to discuss the relationship nature of your problem or the problems nature of your relationship as though they were 100% your responsibility. How would you approach that? And so you start with anytime you engage your children in a behavior, and, and again, I'm not saying their behavior, I'm talking about your behavior that needs to improve. A really good starting place is what is going on inside of me? What is it doing inside of me? What am I doing inside of me? What is being stirred up inside of me that I am reacting this way? And, and now's a really good time to practice this because a lot of people are home with their kids 24-7, 365. And here's, I'll just be honest with you, here's what concerns me. We don't like it. And, and I get it. There's nothing wrong with wanting to go out. Again, holding two things in tension, I, I want to be able to go out too. And I also want people to enjoy time home with their kids because here's here's one of my great beefs about today's society and and. I know I I beat this drum a lot, but taking your kids to sports practice for five hours a night after they've been at school for eight hours so that you can, everybody throws down some food and you rush home and just fall into bed to watch an hour of Netflix, that isn't time together. And now we're kind of on overload. Everybody's, you know, crisscrossing paths. But in in fact, here'd be a good illustration. If, If what I just said, you find yourself angry about, why? What's going on inside of you? That's the skill that I want you to walk out of this session with. Uh, we're not in a session, but that's the skill that I want you to walk out of this episode with. When you have a strong emotion inside of you, I want you to learn to ask the question, why? What's going on inside of me that I'm reacting this way? And, and then once you start to develop that skill, then you look across the interaction, if you will, to what's going on inside of them that's creating those emotions in them, in your children. So for instance, right now, it would seem likely to me that your children will be a little bit uh, more short in their responses. They'll be a little bit snappier. They're more likely to have emotional uh, breakdowns. They're more likely to have emotional acting out, maybe physical acting out episodes because they're in a world that they don't have any idea how to put in context. They're under a lot of stress. They're under a lot of distress, and they have a lot of fear, period. My seven-year-old asked me if I thought the COVID-19 started as a bioweapon. What did I think was the original purpose of COVID-19? Because when you watch the news, you get all sorts of opinions. I don't even know that I, bioweapons would have been on my radar at seven. His sisters are home all the time, which is new. There's no school. He knows something different. Kids know something is different. And so it would be likely to me that your kids are going to make more messes. It's okay. Make the mess with them. One of my friends, they made this elaborate marble race the other day. 
Another one of my friends, they had, uh, I guess, Marble Racing Tournament. Uh, it was a shorter track, but longer use, maybe. I'm not sure. But that's okay. Like, just do those things. Have fun. Here's the question, though, that I want you to ask. Why am I acting the way that I'm acting? And you can do this with your kids, and you can do this with, with other people in the uh, in our world. You, you can see it. One of the things that we're doubling down on is we're trying to control everything around us. We talked about that a couple weeks ago when we're grieving, when we're in fear, when we're in pain. We try to control. It's human nature. And as this increases, the, the, the fear levels increase, we tend to try to control more. And so we try to have, we typically try to parent to control. We, we put up passive aggressive Facebook posts telling other people what they should and shouldn't be doing. Sometimes it gets even worse than that. And we actually do aggressive aggressive type things. We yell at people we love. We snap at our kids. We snap at our spouse. We scat, snap at our partners. And, and one of the things that we do is we typically excuse that with, well, they were doing this. And that's the, that's the sentence that I want you to kill. And in its place, I want you to raise up a monarch that you follow, which says, why did I do what I did regardless of what they did? So, so what I tell parents is I don't care if your kid acted out. I don't care if your kid disrespected you. I don't care. It's not that I don't care like, oh my God, I don't care at all. It's, it's, I don't, it, that their behavior should not change your behavior. It should not change the standard of your behavior. And, and that's my problem, Tim, if you're still listening, that's my problem with what's going on in that issue that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. You might be completely right, but if the, his children are struggling for, for just things that they need and he has the resources to meet it and he's not doing it because his ex-wife is up, he, he's upset at his ex-wife, that's petty and immature and that is not him living up to the fullest potential of who he could be. And that's what we ought to be striving for. And, you know, the interesting thing is the more you work on controlling your own behavior, the more your kids follow suit. The more you actually model the behavior you want, the more they follow suit. I think the difficulty is it doesn't typically happen in our time frame. But that's also true of people around you. Because, like, so one of the things that I'm committed to eradicating from my life is complaining. On my blog, I wrote a post about how I wanted to kill it at my company, uh, we were going to have a meeting where we, I announced that a new policy was if you got caught complaining and gossiping, which is going to someone with a problem that they, and that person can't help you solve it, right? You're just talking about it. You could get fired. I've read about companies that do this and what it does for their culture. Because the value that we want to live out of there is, is, is we're problem solvers. We, we know that there are going to be problems. We know that there's going to be things that people complain about, and that's fine. But how do we address them? How do we approach them appropriately? And we didn't have that meeting because of all this thing with the COVID-19. We had a meeting that talked about our company response to that and how people can best uh, you know, handle that as therapists. But one of the things that, that I do is I just, I don't feed into the complaining. When somebody complains to me, I either just mirror them, which, which we've talked about in the past, Sometimes I'll flat out say, you know, I'm just not into complaining and I can't help you solve this problem. Now you're like, Joe, you listen to problems for a living. That's true. And I'm not talking, I don't say that to my clients, but I do say it, you know, if I get caught and if I get around it or if, you know, the values that you live with your children, you, you know, okay, I want you to, to respond with consistency. That's something I want my kids, a value I want my kids to have. That is a character trait that I want my kids to have. 
well, then I have to uh, I have to live that out in front of them. I have to live that out with them. And I can't use the excuse, well, they did this, so I was able to lose my mind. No, that isn't how this works. And in this time of, of, of quarantine, this time of uh, crisis, we can take those same questions and move them from our parenting and our interpersonal relationships in our home to how are we handling people around us? How are we handling the people who are stressing out about this? Because one of the things, again, is as we start with the question, what's going on inside of me? So if your kids are being loud and you are just like losing your mind over it, ask yourself, what's going on inside of me that I'm having this reaction? And sometimes it's just, there's nothing going on inside me. I just want quiet. Okay, cool. Put on headphones, go to your room or, or do whatever you want. But I would say, let the kids make noise. If you see someone like I, there's somebody I get texts from and I'm always like, oh no, what's this text going to be? Because it's very usually f- very fear-based. And I ask myself, what's going on inside of me? I don't feel like I have enough time to manage this for this person. I don't feel that I have enough time. Like I feel like this person should be developed beyond the point in his leadership credentials and career where he can handle this a little bit better. And then I think, but that isn't the type of friend that I want to be. So then I respond and I try to live out my values. This is an episode, a podcast episode about you asking yourself, am I living out my values? The values that I say I have, am I living them out through my interactions of distress, through my interactions with people who annoy me, through my interactions with people who aren't doing what I wish they would do? Am I still living out my values, my core values? I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, I'm finding more and more books that as part of their process to help you self-develop, write out your core values. And I wonder, is that because we're no longer engaging in teaching our family's core values? Maybe we never did. I don't know. I didn't live 50 years ago. But, you know, I know at our house, we talk about our core values. And one time I told somebody this and they said, well, your kids aren't going to live them. I said, I I don't know that. I, I imagine that there will be core values that I have that my children will not have because we will be different people and that's okay. But like core values, like kindness and gentleness. I hope my kids live those out and I hope they live them out in part, not in totality, but in part because they saw their mother and I live them out for their, their life that we lived out kindness, gentleness, compassion, that we helped those in need when we could, that we stayed the course that we engaged our calling in life, which we believe is to help as many people as possible with gusto, with passion. Not that we're perfect. Not that anyone's perfect. In fact, one of the values that I hope my kids learn is forgiveness and the difference between having a conversation because it's fun to debate and having an argument because it's fun to argue. I debated, you know, what kind of episode to do today because I know a lot of people are like, Joe, with everything going on around me, I don't have the energy to stop and ask myself what's going on inside of me. I think that's exactly why you have to do that. Because here's what happens. If you're just focusing on everything that's going on around you that that you really have very little control over, you're not working, the, the stats or statistics of the virus, what's going on with Governor Whitmer today, what's going on with President Trump, what's going on this place or that place you're going to just be caught in a problem-solving loop, and we know that ends up in a bad place. 
And so one of the things, one of the powerful benefits of this tool is it forces your focus away from the thing that is bothering you that you have no control over. And that includes your children, right? So if you, and if you don't have children, then you can just take a break for the next 10 seconds. Uh, but if your children or your spouse, you don't really control them. So whatever it is that they're doing, you don't control it. So if you say, well, I acted that way because they did this, then they're the ones that are in control of how you act. And so the powerful tool here is, is it, it liberates you, it gives you freedom, it empowers you to make sure that you are becoming the person you were made to be, becoming the person you were called to be. So you can step back and say, okay, what's going on inside of me? There are people, uh, there are people that I, I feel a stirring inside of me when I'm around them. And so I need to step back and be like, okay, wait, wait, what's going on here? Is this something that I'm doing? Is it something that they're doing? What's going on inside of me that I'm reacting this way? And notice I've yet to use the word makes me. I didn't say what's going inside of me that makes me act this way. I asked myself, what's going on inside of me that I am acting this way? Because I nothing makes me act in a certain way. I control my own behaviors. So well, one of the things I was, I was I've been in, involved with a organization over the last couple of weeks uh, regarding uh, some some video work for them, uh, and it's 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 an organization that I've been involved with in the past. And being involved with it, I felt anxious internally in a way that I don't normally. And so I'd ask myself, what is going on inside of me that I feel this way? Is it a them thing? Is it a me thing? Is it a them thing, in other words, them being the organization, but not really this group of people that I'm working with right now? And that's kind of where I ended up. Well, there's these things that happened uh, the last time I was involved with the organization, but that wasn't these people that I'm working with now. There's the split. There is the movement that helps me then to better understand my own internal feelings and how I can best operate to live out the values that I have. So, so two questions that I want you to ask yourself about all of your behaviors in this time of quarantine and crisis. Whatever you're doing, does it reflect your values? Which, of course, begs the question, do you know your values? Could you write them down? But whatever's going on inside of you, right? Whatever's going on around you, excuse me, what is it? that you're doing that reflects your values? And what is it that you're doing that reflects that, oh, I need some work to do there. And we all have that place. And then what's going on inside of you that you're feeling the emotions that you're feeling? Because here's the beautiful thing of this. If you can get to the place where you're regularly checking in with yourself regarding what it is that you're feeling and what's going on inside of you that you're feeling those things, you can then get very good at asking yourself, I wonder what the emotional situation is for this person that I'm talking to that's annoying me, that I feel angry about, that I feel like that they're doing. So, so recently, I've been interacting with someone in my life and uh, they do some things that annoy me, not my wife, so don't even guess. Um, and I realized, oh, well, wait, that's because of this medical condition. Oh, wait, that's because of this. And, and it helps me to regulate myself because I can better understand their emotions. So here's one of the things to ask yourself. In a time of crisis and fear, are people kinder or typically more snappy with each other? Well, they tend to be more snappy. Now, 
That doesn't mean that there aren't stories of kindness, because certainly there are. But especially as you watch people talk, you watch people post on Facebook, and there are people that they're so anxious, they're posting stuff on Facebook because it makes them feel like they're doing something, or they're posting something on Facebook because they're looking for validation. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if what they're posting is sourced. It doesn't matter if what they're posting has been vetted. They just, they're anxious and they're dealing with their anxiety by just throwing it up on Facebook. And it can be annoying. Or they're sending you texts or they're calling you. Or or they're not taking it serious enough and your anxiety is going up because they're not taking it serious enough in your opinion. And, and you have to be able to kind of look at the situation from all sides emotionally and embrace that tension. Right? So whenever I interact with kids, and I tell people this all the time, the last interaction you had with your kids that went south, it tells you more about you than it does about your kids. Joe, they were looking for a fight. Doesn't matter. You can't make me fight with you. Joe, they were, they were being disrespectful. They, maybe they were. But you losing your control says more about you. And I'm not saying that to judge anybody. I mean, that's just true of me too. But we do have to step back and say, okay, what was going on inside of me that I felt that and that I made that decision? One of my, one of my favorite questions that my wife and I will ask each other, ourselves, our kids, is why is what you did the best way to express what you were feeling? And if the answer is, well, it isn't, okay, well, then why didn't you use the best way? Well, because nobody's going to use the best way all the time. Okay, that's fair. But imagine if that was our goal. Imagine if our goal was that we are constantly going to only engage in communication that is truthful, that is kind, and is necessary. Are, are we going to only engage in, in communication that passes through those three checkpoints first? With our children, with our neighbors, with the people who say that this is fill in the conspiracy, with the people who say this is the end of the world, with the people who say we're not taking it seriously enough, with the people who do things that annoy you, with the people who do things that bother you. What if our goal was only truth, only kindness, only necessary? And those three pillars were held up with uh, pillars of graciousness. And, and we made that our goal. And look, that does not mean that we can't call stuff out. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't d discipline our children. But the focus of the discipline should be their development, not our relief, because we're under stress. I'm not making my kids do any schoolwork until the school school system tells me I have to. Now, what's really interesting is they're mostly doing schoolwork on their own. They're cleaning the house without us telling them because they're under stress too and they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to understand it. So if they are a little bit out of their normal behaviors, I need to have the grace to embrace that. And when I get frustrated, like last night, uh, I was in the kitchen. I was in the, where was I? I don't remember where I was, but I remember I was frustrated. I remember thinking in my head, why am I frustrated about this? And I cannot, I just can't tell you enough. I can't beg you enough. Start with that as your lead question. Why am I frustrated about this? What's going on inside of me? If the answer to your question about why I'm frustrated with this starts with them, you're, you're, you're going down the wrong path. You're in the wrong arena. You've got to come back to owning your own business so that you can change it. 
All right, so in this time of quarantine, in this time of our life where we are living things that we have never experienced before, I encourage you, interact with your children as much as possible in a way that is gracious and kind and truthful and necessary. And, and ask yourself, what's going on inside of me that I feel this whenever it goes south? Look, I get it. It's okay to want to get away from your kids. I haven't been on a date with my wife since this whole thing started. We just sort of had a date sitting in the office eating wings, takeout wings from one of the local restaurants we're trying to support. But it's not a date. We might go for a walk, just the two of us. That's more of a date. Right? There are times that, like, my kids come in, they want to talk at 1030. I want to be asleep at 1030. Okay? I get all that. I'm not saying that you're wrong for feeling, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? I am saying you need to start focusing on yourself to understand your own behaviors and, and facilitate your own change. Okay, so uh, that one went a little bit longer than the last one. If you, if you find value in this, please uh, feel free to share it with your friends on social media. You are the best form of advertisement that I have. I do appreciate the emails and the Facebook messages telling me that you enjoy it. Uh, I would also always appreciate it if you share it uh, with your friends. Give us a comment. Uh, if you have a question, email me, joe at joemartino.com. Just go to joemartino.com, click on the Contact Me page. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.